0: Hello, Ridgeway Church. The Apostle Paul, uh, when he was writing to the Corinthians, talked about the body of Christ and that we are a part of the body, made up of many parts. He said, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. He said, the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Uh, and right now there's a sense of being disconnected. And I think um, as we continue on in, in this season, uh, this new normal, um, we are trying to be church, uh, not the way we were created to be. We were created to be together, uh, and, and, and so we sail forward into these unchartered waters. But I just wanna encourage you this morning that we're obviously not alone because we worship a risen savior, and we are empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit who gives us his presence. And there are all kinds of creative ways that the Lord's giving us uh, to be together during this time. But it's virtual, and uh, and I just want to be the first to say to you today, maybe uh, this isn't the way God created it, but we're gonna get through it uh, by His grace. Paul writes to the Philippians, and this this scripture has been on my mind this week a little bit. Uh, he says, "How I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus," and. I just want to be honest with you i really long to be with you all i think paul was a texan you all uh oh i guess that's not in the text but we'll say it is Uh, i just i just really miss the fellowship and and being together and so this morning i just thought we'd uh, take a few minutes and and look at this letter this amazing letter to the philippians not a real long letter but a very happy letter in fact the word joy or rejoice or glad shows up 17 times in the the brief four chapters, and the strange thing is, Paul's in prison, maybe already for four years, and he's in chains, and he's writing to this church who he loved, who he had uh, established in Philippi, and uh, and he's just talking about joy and gladness and rejoicing. Um, he's talking about. Uh, thanksgiving and appreciation uh, towards this congregation for their generosity, their prayers. Uh, they, they'd given on several occasions, not only to Paul, but also to the, uh, the church at Jerusalem because of a famine. So they were a generous and a gracious church. And I think what's interesting is Paul is showing us in bondage, in chains, that happiness isn't based solely on our present circumstances. Boy, that we're not in chains, but sometimes it feels like we are right now when we are being separated and uh, and, and asked to do so. and uh, and so uh, that's the encouraging first takeaway from what we're going to be seeing this morning is uh, this present circumstances cannot diminish the joy because it comes from the Lord. And so I just want to look at a couple helpful habits that we can discover from Paul's uh, opening remarks to the the church at Philippi. and And the first verse says, I want us to see is Paul says, "I thank my God every time I remember you." I thank my God. Paul is saying, "I remember the good things about you. I remember the good times we had." And I think the first, the first uh, habit that we can be forming during this time of isolation is uh, an attitude of gratitude. I could, just, I could have just said gratitude, but I kind of like the way that, that rhymes. The attitude of gratitude. That's probably the only thing you're going to remember from my message this morning. All right, so, uh, and not just gratitude and thanksgiving, but for the people around us, the people that God's placed in our lives. When you think of people in your world, uh, is your first thought gratitude? Oftentimes, the longer we're together, uh, we... Take each other for granted. We maybe focus on one another's faults, or maybe we remember the bad times. I have a cure for that. It's called the coronavirus. <laughs> I'm telling you something right now. I don't take you for granted right now. Uh, I don't think about your faults. Uh, I don't remember any bad times that we had. My uh, my gratitude bucket is filled to overflowing. Uh, I long to be with you, as Paul said, uh, and. Uh, and so this this is encouraging to me. But we can start there. I think it's a good habit during this difficult time to to focus on gratitude. Um, uh, uh, now, how did Paul how did Paul communicate? He's writing this letter from prison, and he's going to send it with somebody, and it may be read in the church. And then now, you know, t- almost two thousand years later, we get to study it and be refreshed by this letter. And uh, but uh, all he had was 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 a letter, and it was filled with joy. It gave Paul joy. To to write it and it and, and those who received it were filled with joy, but uh, today uh, how do we communicate uh, our gratitude and our our appreciation? I mean, there's just a um, a vast uh, amount of ways that we can. Can you imagine if Paul was able to zoom back in his day? Of course we can do that. We can email, we can send texts, we can send a card or a letter. I've talked to people this week who just received a a letter or sent a letter and how much encouragement that brought to the the recipient. And uh, um, and so uh, what I'm saying is take advantage of this opportunity that we have because of the situation we're in to intentionally uh, 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 distribute a a spirit of gratitude, all right? To purvey a a spirit of gratitude towards one another. Paul goes on to to say for for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. You've been my partners, he said. That word for partnership in the Greek is koinonia. And it basically means in Paul's day, it was a participation in something with someone. It was sharing common possessions. It was a common mutual interest. It was common objective. So Paul's saying, hey, this this gospel is 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 owned by all of us. It's common possession. It's it's of mutual interest to us. It's it's our common objective and that's what the partnership meant and it was so important. In fact this was born out even in the first convert when Paul arrives at Philippi and there's a whole story that we won't go into, but you can read it in Acts chapter 16. But when he arrives he meets this businesswoman and and she basically offers Paul and Silas a place for them to begin this church at Philippi. And so it was a house church. Her name was Lydia. And the church would go on at Philippi to be, as I shared earlier, to be a, a, a real financial support, not only to Paul, but to other needs that would arise. They weren't a wealthy church, but they were a generous church. And this just blessed Paul. Paul has nothing but good to say to this church. Uh, this church was a source of encouragement to Paul. Um, now, for information, uh, and I don't want to discourage you now, so you might need to plug your ears, but this is our seventh Sunday that we've been unable to meet together publicly. That's a big deal. I, I don't know if there's been a time in the history of our country where this has taken place, but we're here. We're in the middle of it. We're getting through it. We're encouraging one another, but uh, I just want to say this. I want to just pause for a second and say, thank you for your faithfulness in, in giving of your time to bring encouragement to others and to help strengthen others, even though we're, we're disconnected. I've heard reports, and I continue to hear reports uh, of, of this going on, and I just say, good for you. I I, I I wanna thank you for that. And also thank you for your financial generosity. Our Easter offering has continued to grow. You know that offering we took for Second Harvest, where they're putting together these these boxes of care and and resources for all those who are being affected by the coronavirus in our county? Well, guess what? It has grown to over $4,200 with our matching, and that means we're going to be able to uh, give the resources, which will be the equivalent of 425 boxes. That is fantastic. I want to just say thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for our eldership here at Ridgeway Church as they reach out and connect, and for our youth ministry leaders, and for our Connect Group leaders who are reaching out and and praying with you and for our celebrate recovery and for our children's workers and the, I don't want to miss anybody but we're just staying connected even though something's broken <laughs> this isn't the way the body you can't you know the, the head can't say I I'm I'm going to go I'm going to go across town but this is what's happening but the Lord's giving us ways creatively to stay connected and I say thank you thank you so much for that Okay, so let me just say this. Uh, uh, for those, you know, it might be uh, tricky to say how do we practice gratitude. Sometimes maybe we've forgotten what others have done for us, and so you know, maybe as we close this morning, maybe we can just even pray that the Lord maybe remind us of just why and what we're to be thankful for in this season and grateful for, because I know it's a difficult time. It's difficult for for many of us, and uh, uh, and I I also want you to see this that Paul again he said I. Thank my God every time I remember you. And the truth was, Paul had some very difficult times in Philippi. It wasn't just like a a vacation memory, you know, a destination vacation memory. In fact, he gets to town and 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 before long he he's beaten. He and Silas are are whipped and they're humiliated. They're arrested. They're put in jail and uh, supernaturally delivered from jail because of a a. Uh, a earthquake, and then not long after that, they're they're run out of town. I'd say on a rail, but there wasn't a train system. They were just run out of town, okay? Uh, But he chose not to dwell on painful memories. He chose to remember the the very best. Someone once said, remember the best and forget the rest. Now, I'm not talking about denial, but I'm talking about if we're to function in a a supernatural realm (laughs) during this time of, of gratefulness and thankfulness, we probably need to develop some selective memory, and I think the Holy Spirit can help us in that. So I encourage you, make a list. Um, ask yourself, Lord, what, what am I thankful for in my life and, and those who you've placed around me? And express and take the opportunity to express your gratitude. Let's grow our attitude of gratitude during these unprecedented times. Also, we get to practice this habit and the habit of purposeful prayer. Another point that we see being born out of this introduction and this this literal prayer of thanksgiving that Paul's sharing with this early church. And we get to be purposeful in our prayer for those who, who, who are in our lives. The Apostle Paul, can you imagine having him pray for you? He's saying he's praying often for this church. He would go on to say, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. <laughs> You know, it's good to know that somebody's praying for you. It's good to know that you're being encouraged and strengthened during difficult times. Um, I'll share with you just briefly, and then just before I close, I want to share a little bit more. But uh, many of you are aware that my father passed away uh, a little over a week and a half ago on, on April 15th. And uh, it, it's just a crazy time for all this to happen. We can't have a funeral, we're waiting for a memorial, and um, we've felt God's peace and his presence all around us. But a lot of the peace and the strength has been coming from your prayers. We've, I just received a couple cards today in the mail and, and words of encouragement through social media. And I just wanna say, uh, thank you so much. I am grateful for that. Uh, our family has been uh, the recipients of your love and your prayers, and you know what? There's something supernatural about prayer, church. You know that, those of you who've experienced it. If not, please believe me, prayer literally can move mountains. It can move mountains of grief and discouragement and darkness, and uh, and so uh, I encourage you, be purposeful during this time in your prayer. Paul says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always, Pray with joy. Um, uh, Do you you think about maybe somebody, and I just want to interject this for a second, somebody who maybe frustrates you, uh, maybe it's a strained relationship. Let me ask you this. Do you pray for them? Or do you just complain? Or do you just grumble? um, Nitpick? Uh, I may have been guilty of that. We all have. But why don't you practice prayer during this time? Um, If you do pray for them, uh, do you pray with joy? Boy, that's... Think of Paul in prison, in chains, praying for the churches, and specifically the church at Philippi, with joy, he says. You know, the secret, positive praying is even more powerful than positive thinking. You always hear about that, oh, you need to have positive thinking. How about having positive prayer? Turn your thinking into prayer, and let's just see if we can't change some things around us, amen? So, um, uh, what, what do we pray? I think it's I think it's great that Paul even gives us a little tutorial, okay? In verses 9 through 11, there in that first chapter, he says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. So, uh what do we pray? Look at this, it's almost a, uh, you can see there, and I've given you some, I'll give you some points here. Uh, we need to pray that those who we're praying for will grow in love. Um, verse nine says that your love may abound. So we can pray that, that, that they would grow in love. Uh, secondly, that, that, that they would make wise choices. The scripture there says that discern what is best. That's just making wise choices. Another thing, we, we can pray that, uh, that those we're praying for would live in integrity during this time. Uh, that verse, pure and blameless until Christ returns, an integrous life. Let's pray for that over those who surround us and also pray that we become more like Jesus. That verse there, it says, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. What do you think of when we say fruit? Uh, my mind goes right to Galatians chapter five, the, the, fruit, the fruits of the spirit uh, verses there. The fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control that's the that's the that's the spirit of christ that's being placed in us and that fruit of righteousness that comes through jesus christ that's a whole lot to meditate right there on okay so this is a this is a great prayer pray it for one another uh, another another thing we can we can kind of grab a hold of from what Paul's saying here, and that is uh, believe the best in others. Okay, make a habit of believing in people rather than criticizing people. Paul goes on to say, "I am confident of this: that God, who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus." Look at that! Uh, confident, um, Paul saying, you know, he, he believed in the people that he was caring for. Paul's an apostle. He's he's like a missionary on Red Bull. Paul cares for the congregations that he establishes. He's like a father in the faith and he believed in his people and he gave them confidence. He gave people vision. Look at their to the, to to carry it on to completion that there's there's a vision, there's an end goal in mind. There's a future, a place of completion. He was also patient with people in in their in the process. Um, uh, he who began a good work, he's going to complete it. But, you know, there's there's this race that we're running that Paul would talk about. So uh, believe the best in those around you as you connect with them, as you reach out to them, as you pray for them. And then finally, let's love like Jesus loved, okay? Paul started this Philippian church. He, he was the first pastor. You can imagine how, he loves them, you can imagine why he loves them. They're like his his children in the faith. Uh, Paul says, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. I I begin with that verse today. Uh, I like how the the English version says it, today's English version, it says, God is my witness that I tell the truth when I say, that my deep love for you all comes from the heart of Christ Jesus himself. Love like Jesus, a deep love that comes from knowing Christ. And it's as our relationship grows during this time of isolation, what a great opportunity to grow in our individual spiritual depth and, and, and lives. And then out of that, we get the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ to love those around us, to love like Jesus. Now, as I shared a moment ago, uh, and most of you are aware that my, my dad did pass away, and I, I, just, I just wanna take a second here and talk about him because normally I would get up on a Sunday morning and I would share my heart with you. And uh, so I'm gonna share my heart with you just briefly. There's gonna be a memorial service where a lot of people will talk about my dad, but he was a great husband. He was a great father. He was an amazing grandfather, just ask my, my daughters. And he was a really good friend. Uh, dad was a wonderful pastor. Now, there's really gifted speakers. You can buy their books, you can listen to them online. There's professional speakers and some of them are good pastors, but there's a difference. Uh, my dad was a, a he was a, he was a good communicator, but he was a wonderful pastor. He cared for people and he loved Christ's church and uh, he loved those around him. Uh, he loved this church. He loved uh, our our community of faith, and he he pastored here for over twenty, almost twenty five years. And I had the the privilege of in 1990 moving up here uh, with my my wife and our and our newborn baby daughter Brittany. And for the first ten years or so, I co pastored with Dad. And what a privilege it was to to sit under his tutelage and to to to, to partner with him. And uh, and I, it, some of the best memories. Of my ministry life um, we i joke uh, there somebody in our church had a had a truck and on their on their bumper they had a bumper sticker that said yes this is my truck and no i will not help you move well my dad always had a truck and uh, this was not his model sometimes i felt like instead of two men in a truck it was two pastors in a truck and we were helping move people and it was such a joy to serve alongside dad as we'd assist folks in the congregation. And I can tell you every color truck he's had in the last 30 years. And, uh, uh, he just loved to serve and he loved to care for people. And he had Alzheimer's, which many of you know, and so much of his memory had faded, you know, uh, recently, but what's interesting, he still could pray. And, uh, and, uh, we, we have, uh, I think we have a video of this uh, from the 70th anniversary of our church last October. Uh, I brought dad up and uh, it, he's kind of like Glenn Campbell on his Alzheimer's journey. Uh, he could get a little mixed up, but Glenn could always play his guitar. My dad could always pray. It was hardwired deep into his his thought process. And um, and and I believe there was something spiritual at work in his life in this whole thing. He loved to pray and he loved to pray for our meals. He loved to pray. Uh, for, for, for his grandchildren, and uh, his voice will be missed, but of course, the hope we have uh, is, is eternal, that to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord, and there's so many beautiful things in his passing and the peace of Christ being there, and I thank you again for your prayers, but I just wanted to share that because, you know, my dad's life echoed what Paul's words were when he said, my deep love for you all comes from the heart of Christ Jesus himself. We have all kinds of people in our world that model this love. Now it's time for all of us, I believe, during this season, to model this kind of love as we love like Jesus loved. There's a scripture. Now listen to this. When I say 1 John 3.16, if I don't say 1 John, you right away you, you, you think of John 3.16. But listen to the, the Paul's, I should say, I'm sorry, John's uh, first letter here, where he says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Boy, isn't that good? I mean, what's the chances of John 3.16 and 1 John 3.16, both being such profound messages of God's love? Because we know what John 3.16, the Gospel of John says, "'For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, "'that whoever believes in him will not perish, "'but have everlasting life.'" And then John writes to the early church, that same author, uh, John, the, the, the disciple, the apostle, he said, this is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us, so now we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. You say, what does it mean to love like Jesus loved? It doesn't mean we go to the cross, but it means we think the way that Jesus thought. He loved, and he loves to the point that we we go the extra mile. We give our coat, uh, we we turn the other cheek, we just practice a supernatural Christ-like love. Uh, that's from the Beatitudes. Read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 if you're wondering where I was going there. But I think that's just so beautiful. Now, uh, it does sound familiar, and I think it would be just as good that we memorize not just John three sixteen, but 1 John 3, 16. Great scripture. Love like Jesus loved. So let me just close today uh, by praying this prayer that Paul was praying over that early church at Philippi. And I'm gonna just kinda tweak it a little bit and personalize it for you. So let me just do that. I just wanna close with that. Lord Jesus, this this is my prayer, that we would grow in your love more and more and your knowledge and depth of insight so that we may be able to make wise choices and live with integrity until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness, including love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen, amen. That's my prayer for you. Be encouraged today, practice these, make these habits in your life. Have a great week, God bless you.